Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, ancient, A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Really? Welcome to the cave. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Sorry, guys, but you've been busy, but I was doing some research, research on you, but you got no one lone star. You got the band. From what I've been reading the last few years, but your career has been going up. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild few years, I think, since I think since the show came into my life, which was 2019. It just sort of hasn't stopped. And it's it's um it's been a bit of a of a rocket ship. All right. It's not a bad thing, though. No, it's an incredible thing. It's you know, it's it's interesting because the the first year of Lone Star was very much during the normal world time, yeah. you know. And then as soon as the show ended, COVID happened. So a, a lot of actually the majority of Lone Star, the experience has been during COVID. So it's been very strange because especially shooting the show, most of the show we've been shooting under. COVID circumstances and COVID protocols. So we've only truly had one normal season, which I find pretty, you know, unfortunate and, and frustrating because, you know, just something as simple as crew members always have to have their masks on. And you can't see people's right. faces and, you know, it's not the same way of connecting and communicating. Um, but we've made it work and, you know, everything's easing now. But yeah, man, it's been pretty been pretty surreal you know and then once music started coming around you know which we started dabbling in 2020 you know i mm. think just like everybody else we were sort of stuck and bored and not really knowing you know what to do especially on the creative sort of side of things and my best friend john has always played music and i remember i came over one day and he was had some sort of riff laid out and I was like, hey, uh, I, I've never done this before, but I feel like I might be able to lay down some vocals for this. And he's like, yeah, sure. And um, that's literally how it started. Wow. From that moment on, we just kept messing around. And I remember uh, at the very end of 2020, when I moved into this house currently, it was completely empty. It was actually kind of gutted. <laughs> it was like, bare walls everywhere and um it was pretty gnarly looking and uh we wrote open door in my living room mm -hmm. um on this like little janky like um ironing board he set up his entire system and i had a microphone on the fireplace mantle <laughs> and we wrote open door that night um and it was very strange but you know it was it was a magical moment because we we're like I remember we looked at each other and we we're like, I think, I think that's our first song. And now Open Door, you know, is, has become actually a really successful song. And we just celebrated our first birthday of Open Door yesterday. So yeah, it's been a been a surreal ride. And now here we are, season four. It's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. We're gonna we're gonna jump jump uh into season four in a little bit. Uh so I was like doing some research on you also. Like, what made you get into the industry? I saw that, like, you know, like growing up in Staten Island, mm -hmm. uh, was it your dad was a dentist or anything, right? How did it like 
that happened like you decided you wanted to get to the entertainment industry he didn't try to push you into medical field or anything oh he definitely did i mean he definitely did he his wish was you know for both of his kids to be you know dentist or in the dental field um and i remember i assisted him one summer and as soon as i saw i think we were doing a root canal right as soon as i saw a pool of blood in this person's mouth. I looked at my dad and I said, I am not going to be a dentist. I'm, I'm sorry. And I just remember shattering all of his dreams. Um, and I think that was just, a, a you know, a, just, it was not a happy moment for, for, for him. Um, and, um, the way I got into acting was, it kind of found me in a weird way and it kind of in many ways saved me as cliche as that sounds. Um, you know, in high school, I was hanging around with the wrong kids, you know, getting into fights, skipping school, doing drugs, smoking weed, um, drinking a lot, which is so crazy to think about looking back on it now. Cause we were so young, man. We were like 16, 17 years old. Um, and just really not doing well and physically not looking well. And I think um, teachers started to notice and it was a, a guidance counselor of mine that um, brought me into her office and she's like, hey, you know, I'm not gonna get into details, but like people are noticing that something's going on with you and um, you're not this like spry, young, um, you know, happy-go-lucky, uh, bright-eyed boy anymore that we knew freshman year and uh she's like would you be interested in maybe getting involved with the theater program we think it might be good for you um you know because after school instead of going and getting into trouble hanging around with the wrong kids you can stay and work with the theater program work on scenes and work until late and you'll have people that will hold you accountable and you'll learn a new discipline and you learn a new craft and it could be good for you. And I was like, mm, you know, sounds kind of lame, but I guess I like acting because I like, I love movies. I've always loved movies. I could definitely say that. And, you know, I think for me it was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So I did it and, you know, I, I was able to, audition for the lead role in the in the play that year um and i got it and i just remember rehearsals and connecting with kids and um and doing something creative was just something that i guess i've always needed and i've always been creative as a kid but it's just like in high school that sort of took a back seat because of you know other things and i remember stepping out on the very first night of our first show and just hearing the crowd react, you know, and the bright lights and go getting through an entire performance. I just remember falling in love with it and feeling that rush was so almost euphoric and, 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 um, and I just, I, I needed it, you know, I needed it again. And, um, it was, uh, I sort of caught the bug immediately. And, um, from that moment on, I was like, I'm going to, put all the bullshit to the side. I'm going to clean my act up physically and mentally. And um, I started uh, that summer 
junior year into senior year, I started pursuing, um, you know, acting classes and found this program in Manhattan where at the end of the program, you get an opportunity to meet major uh, managers and agents. And I did that and found my very first manager who I'm not with anymore, but they were my very first management. And that summer, signed with the manager, auditioned for a movie called It Felt Like Love. And then before I knew it, by the time I graduated high school, it felt like love went to Sundance. Wow. So as soon as I got out of high school, I flew over to Sundance as the male lead of a film that no one thought was going to make anything or, or do anything. And it ended up being this Sundance smash hit and this film festival smash hit. So I was immediately thrown into the industry, whether I wanted to or not. And... I think Sundance was really the biggest wake-up call I've ever had of my life and of my career. Like, oh, shit, this is so official, and you are in it now, whether you like it or not. And I'm surrounded by these A-listers on that main strip of Sundance. We're doing press tours. You know, we have to go to all these social gatherings, and it's all these people that I grew up watching, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm here like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm here and I couldn't do the stuff I did anymore, you know, because um, I was very much in the business. And, you know, I think that's when I realized this is very much a business as well as a artistic endeavor. And um, and from that moment on, I just took it completely seriously and sort of just kept my head down and just started grinding. And one thing led to another and my manager currently or in Siegel he saw the he didn't even see the movie he saw the trailer for Felt Like Love yeah. and reached out and he's a big manager in Los Angeles and I was still in Staten Island and I remember him reaching out and be like I would love to represent you I feel like there's a really bright future for you and this movie looks really special and it could be incredible and 10 years later we're still together and we've been kicking ass ever since man <laughs> you mentioned you love movies i gotta put you on the spot what's your favorite movie of all time so, you know there's always like a, a three-parter there's like seven is always somewhere there um fight club is always somewhere there and then and then there's just new movies that are always like i think pulp it's not new i think pulp fiction is always in that mix mm. um you know, it's it's interesting. There's a movie recently, not recent, but it came out within the last five years. Um, it's called Roma, and it was um, that black and white film by Alejandro Inarritu that came out on uh, Netflix, and th that might be one of the most extraordinary films of all time. And it, you know, it had the big Oscar campaigning, but I remember it being one of those first movies that came out on Netflix and didn't have the proper theatrical release. And that's sort of where that conversation started. But it is one of the most extraordinary movies you will ever see. It's called Roma, R-O-M-A. And um, yeah, so I think those four are always there. And I think if I have to, have to stick, uh, uh, I'm looking at my my <laughs> my office of, of, of acting stuff. I think I would have to throw in Moonlight into my top five. Because mm. uh, I've seen that movie probably seven times just in theaters um that movie's really really hit me I, I i'm not sure why so deeply but 
yeah, uh, those top five are always sort of circulating. Amazing. Now, Ronan, uh, acting, musician, you know, band and everything. What's next, man? Do you have like another, like something you want to hit behind the scenes, right? What's on your uh, bucket list? Man, you know, I, when I was, I think I was 16, I wrote a short film and then by some miracle was able to shoot it when I was like 17. Uh, yeah, I think I was 17 years old. Or eight. no, I think I was 18 because I, I got the crew from a New Hampshire film festival that I met from touring. It felt like love. So I would have had to have been 18 or 19. But I remember writing it when I was 16 years old or 17 years old. Not sure what made me write this sort of script, but it was about the Vietnam War. And it was about right. two soldiers that came back after Vietnam. It was about this white soldier who I played and his best friend who was a black soldier and sort of how they treated, how sort of the public and the media treated Vietnam soldiers when they came back and also the racial tensions in, in the country. Yeah. So the fact that I wrote that when I was like 16, I, I am not quite sure what was going on in my head, but it was pretty, <laughs> it's pretty gnarly that that's what I was thinking about. Um, and I got a crew together and was able to shoot it and actually premiered it at, at the film festival in new hampshire wow. so that all happened you know by the time i was 18 so I, I i there's definitely a world where i would direct one day and mm. um write something and i have you know i definitely have some ideas there's definitely one i think the biggest thing i would want to direct is sort of what i went through and that certain period of my life in high school. Yeah. Um, Cause there's some stories, man, that are just like hard to fathom. And the fact that I'm even still here and that a lot of my friends are even still here is, is a miracle. And I think, you know, I think it would be very much like the movie kids, yeah. but like a more modern depiction of that. Um, Cause man, we went through some crazy shit and the, you know, I, I always tell my wife these stories and she just has her, her mouth is just open and she's just like, what? You know, cause she comes from a completely different world. She comes from Canada and they just didn't do that back then. And, right. you know, I came from a rough part of Staten Island and, you know, New York, it's just a different world. And I think um, sharing that story would be really important to me and sort of really show people like, this is where I came from, like the unfiltered version. Um, and the fact that I'm here today is truly a miracle. And I'm, forever grateful to that guidance counselor that was like hey you should probably try acting because your future is not very bright um so yeah i, I think writing and directing would be very have, high have you ever reached out to that guidance counselor and thank him yeah i've you know i've seen her her name is miss capola she i remember when my first tv show came out in 2016 it was called dead of summer um I actually went back to my high school and um, spent the whole day with the acting program. Mm. And uh, yeah, just sort of talked to the kids and, you know, sat sat with the kids and, and watched, you know, some of their plays and just sort of gave back to, you know, the teachers and the students. and was like, this is where I started, you know, and it's, and if I could do it, you guys could definitely do it. Um, uh so that was really special to see her and 
you know, we hugged and we cried together and they were so proud. And now ever since Lone Star, I mean, I get messages from them and they're just like, it's just hard to believe that, you know, this is where I am today. And, and they saw it firsthand. Like they know better than anybody. Like the fact that I went from that to this is, mm. is extraordinary. And they're just beyond proud. And I'm just forever grateful for them, you know, because they, they truly changed my life. Awesome. And now, of course, like you said, we see you as TK on uh, Lone Star. Let's jump into that. Uh, we just had uh, season four recently premiered a few weeks ago. Uh, and people are just like, you know, I wrote down here, I wanted to say like, uh, they're, I don't know if the fans are like disappointed or upset about the way season four, episode one came in. You know, I think, again, I think it's just like last season, you know, we, we, we know how to stir the pot, you know, it's last season we started off with TK and Carlos were broken up off screen and the fans were not happy about that. However, when we started the progression of the season and we started showing the comeback of these two, mm-hmm. the fans were very happy. And I think they were beyond happy about the season overall. So I think that's sort of what's going to happen this season is, you know, Carlos drops this major bomb on me and, um, I think it's gonna be worth it. That's all I could say is is the is the journey of them figuring things out and the journey of them, you know, working through a, yet another hurdle is gonna be worth it. And you know, again, everything is leading to this mm. massive wedding that everybody's waiting for. And um, I think they'll be very happy just just with the next episode. You know, there's it's a massive Tarlos episode you know, episode two, three, and four, you know, so I think people will, I know they're a little frustrated now, but trust me, it is worth the wait. We also have 17 more episodes to go. So, you know, it's, it's all part of the journey. It's a very stressful show. These characters get thrown through all of the crazy shit. So um, they'll, they'll be happy. Trust me. And from what I've read, the writers always had this plan since season one. Exactly. Yeah. So this was a perfect time to do it, you know, and um, I didn't know that secret until we started shooting this season. And I, again, I just I, I think it's pretty amazing. I think it's amazing because, you know, Tarlos is so beloved, but also like they have the most um, stressful and layered and up and down storylines of anybody on the show. And I think, you know, that's a major part of why. It, they're so beloved and why it's so interesting to watch their story unfold is because our show writer, show writer and our brilliant writer, Tim Minear keeps throwing these wrenches into our, mm-hmm. into our relationship. And it makes for great drama, you know, cause it, we can't just be steady and lovely the entire time, you know, right. it would be a drama. It would be, a sitcom, you know, <laughs> yeah. sitcom has drama and has right, right. heartbreak and stuff like that. So I think it's, I think it's amazing. And I, I, it just makes the journey that much more interesting. And as an actor, it makes it so much more interesting because we get to play all these really difficult scenes and have these difficult conversations and, um, you know, the ups and downs is what makes this relationship so interesting. And I think that's just for re- relationships in general. Um, you know, this is a it's, this is what happens in real life. You know, we right. go through ups and downs, and it's not always, you know, 
daisies and butterflies and you know so yeah. You you mentioned journey. How would you describe uh, TK's journey from season one now into season four? Because he's changed a lot too. Man, you know, I, I've, I've been doing a lot of interviews for for this new season, and I sort of had to sit down and I had to literally write down like everything TK has been through since season one, and it is pretty crazy. Like I, I, it was like a full page of stuff. You know, I mean, from the moment we meet him, his engagement goes terribly wrong. He finds out he's been getting cheated on. He then overdoses, relapses. Yeah. And then on top of everything, his father is like, all right, we're actually packing everything up and we're going to move to a completely different state. And moving to Texas from New York is a big difference. <laughs> um, and then we have to start a new firehouse all over again. And then on top of everything, his father has cancer. So it's like, that's within the first few episodes of TK's life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then all the other stuff that he goes through the last four seasons. I mean, it's really surreal. And obviously, losing his mom last season, that's got to be the biggest thing of all. You know, and the fact that he is still somehow managing to stay strong and stay resilient I think that's the word I would use for him. It's just true resilience. He is a he is a strong, excuse my language, a strong motherfucker. Like mentally and physically and this I, I TK's definitely gone through the most in this show, um, both mentally and physically. And this poor kid has been through it, you know what I mean? And he still manages to have a smile on his face be selfless, be loving, be caring, show up for other people, show up for strangers, show up for his friends and his family. Through it all, he still does it. And it's just, he's just truly a, a beautiful, um, very actually inspirational character. I think a lot of people could take from TK of, you know, no matter how many, how many times you fall, you still manage to get up somehow. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a true sort of example of that. And um, it's been such a, a a blessing and a treat to play him. And I've been able to take a lot from him and use it into my own life. And, you know, his resilience is something that I admire tremendously. And, um, you know, I, I wish we all had a TK in our life because mm -hmm. he'd be a really great person to lean on um, when things aren't going well. And um, just beyond grateful to be, you know, a part of this journey with him. Did you find uh, like any challenges playing this character? Because you mentioned that like, you know, for your personal life, you went through some stuff when you were younger and, you know, and now TK is pretty much going through stuff like that. Any challenges playing this character? I mean, when I first read the script, the very first script, you know, I had to call Tim and was like, man, I just want you to know that like I went through opioids when I was younger and like the fact that TK, that was his problem, like, this is really fucking strange. And um, weirdly enough, it wasn't traumatic. I think it was more cathartic and, and therapeutic to play that. Um, and, I, you know, I was able to bring sort of my own experiences into that. And um, uh, and this is like really dark and really, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever shared this with anyone, but like, for example, in the very first episode, 
when Owen finds me on the floor with like, you know, people all over the place and I overdose, the, they initially wanted to have the pills on the table just sort of sprawled over. And I went over to our director and I was like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Somebody that is truly using opioids and is trying to, you know, get bombed the way we used to do it. I said, these pills would be crushed up and he would actually be sniffing them instead mm. of um, ingesting them. Because unfortunately, that's what we did. And that's what a lot of kids are doing to this day. I mean, the opioid crisis is out of control, especially still to this day in Staten Island. And that's definitely something that I want to tackle one day in my life and in my career. Um, and I told them, I was like, these pills will be crushed and they would be all over the table and it would be messy and they wouldn't be neatly placed like a TV show. So like little things like that, you know, the fact that I was able to share that experience was really gnarly. And again, I think therapeutic in a way of sort of handling my own demons from that time. Mm. And um, yeah, it was, you know, and I'm, I'm just so proud that TK is on this journey of sobriety. You know, I'm, I'm personally not sober, but I, you know, I haven't touched that shit since high school. So, um, but, you know, it's been really beautiful to see his journey sort of, of being sober. And, and, and again, that's a major battle that I think is not talked about enough of, you know, he is going through this battle every single day, whether we show scenes of him, you know, in AA or not, this is something that addicts go through every single day. Um, so the fact that yet another layer to put on top of TK's journey, um, mm. it's just extraordinary, man. And you mentioned, uh, you know, Rob Lowe plays uh, plays your dad on the show. Yeah. Um, has there been any, because uh, a lot of people say that you look exactly like what his son would look like. Do you ever get that? Yeah, I get it from pretty much every single person that comes on, you know, as a guest star or recurring or something. And um, they're like, oh, my God, you look, you could just, you could be his son. And it's even weirder because if you combine Rob and Lisa Edelstein, then I really yeah. look like and I, you know, I remember everybody saying this is the greatest child casting of all time. Like, <laughs> this is definitely what their kid would look like. Um, so yeah, it's just you know, it's amazing how that happens sometimes. Um, and you know, there's definitely some photos I've seen of younger Rob, especially there's there. It's really interesting. We have in the Strand house where I used to live with him. We have kid photos of us. And there, are, there's these two photos where you almost couldn't tell who's who when we were young, like like kids, kids, wow. under eight years old. And it's just so, so, we even had like the same bowl cut and had like the gap teeth. And it's just, it, it was meant to be, you know what I mean? It's, I just remember the entire casting process and, you know, when Tim and Ryan Murphy were were casting me, they knew immediately I was the, I was the guy. Like they didn't even look at anybody else so you know i think sometimes when it just is meant to be it just it is you know and it's um it's incredible and you mentioned it like working with the cast and everything else so we were like we talk about uh carlos which is played by Raphael. like how do you like describe that chemistry with you because it seems like you guys are just it's like glue pretty much you guys are good with your scenes yeah and i think that's a major part of why these characters have evolved so tremendously you know I, I don't think 
I can't imagine, you know, Tim and Ryan ever expecting this like Tarlos explosion. I mean, the fact that there's literally like Tarlos is now like a household name. Right. It's pretty surreal, you know, and I don't think they've ever expected it. Just the fact that Tarlos even became a, a word, you know, and I think that truly happened from a our chemistry read, you know, I was lucky enough to chemistry read with two people for the role of Carlos. And when Raphael walked into the room, we knew immediately he was the guy. And then when we started doing our scene, it was just like, I mean, the room almost set on fire. You know what I mean? And I did, we never met before. And, you know, again, it's like when it's just meant to be, it, it, it just is. And um, I think Bob Marley said, what is to be must be. And I, I, it's, I, that's what I believe truly with this show. It's like from the moment we met, the chemistry was just there and, and the connection was there. And, and I think it really inspired the writers to write these really, really heavy, complex scenes for us and these storylines, because it, you know, we're talking about TK's journey. If you look at Tarlos's journey, I mean, holy shit, what they've been through as a couple you know, and 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 the evolution of Tarlos from season one to now this season. I mean, you just wait till you see what we're shooting now. Mm. I mean, the, the evolution of them as a couple is extraordinary. I mean, the fact that, you know, in episode two, season one, I get a little spooked by him throwing this romantic dinner and I tell him I'm not looking for anything serious to now we're engaged. Right on our way to a wedding like that's pretty extraordinary you know and um yeah that I, I think that just happened immediately and it really inspired the writers to dive really deep into these characters and give us you know really difficult scenes because i think we can handle them and you know i i it's for me it's it's the most exhilarating stuff to do on the show um you know it's the stuff with Carlos, the stuff with Owen, I think those two relationships for me are the most important. Mm. And, um, you know, it's kind of the heart and soul of the show, you know, is um, Owen and TK and um, TK and Carlos, you know, I think it's, 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 um, it's crucial to the show and it's, it's just a beautiful part of it. And we're so lucky to have these heavy storylines because they are in many ways, the most fun to play. Um, as an actor, you've also, you know, like you said, like the scenes and everything. Also, like you, not only you know you have the scenes with that stuff, but you also have like the wild, like rescue scenes. Also, yeah. that that's got to be a lot of like emotions going through some of those too. And I think that's the beautiful part um, of our show, and I think that's why it works so well. Is I think initially people came for, you know, initially obviously people came for, you know, Rob Lowe, Liv Tyler. Yeah, and these massive rescues and we have these massive stars on our show obviously created by Ryan Murphy and Tim Minear and they saw that we have these massive rescues and the craziest cases and stuff that you can never imagine would ever happen you know um, and then after we get through that we realize that we have really deep layered characters and really deep emotional stuff on the show and I think that's what people stick around for. 
I think initially people came for the action and the and you know the spectacle, but they yeah. stay for the characters and, and the relationships. And I think that's what our show does so well is balancing the two. And this season, yet again, you know, we have frogs raining down on us and <laughs> you know, baseball-sized hail and you know, just weather phenomenons. And then again, we have the drama of my fiance is actually already married. And it's right. like that's as impactful, I think, as the weather phenomenon, if not more, you know. So it they 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 really found the beautiful balance of I guess sort of the algorithm of what makes this show work. And and they've done it tremendously well. Amazing, amazing. And now you're still filming the season, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, very much so. We're only up to like episode 12 you know we're gonna start episode 13 very soon and you know we have 18 episodes this season so man we have so much so much going on this season episode 12 right now is definitely one of my favorite uh, episodes this season if not you know probably a top three favorite episodes so far um and again it's just like you know you all roads are leading to this wedding that nobody knows how it's gonna happen or where where it's gonna happen we know it's going to happen. We just don't know how. And that's right. really stressful <laughs> and and uh, also exhilarating in a way, because for me, it's going to be a surprise uh, just as much as for the audience and the fans. It's amazing. Rodan, now what's next for you now? Any other projects you have to tell us about that are coming out? I know you're going to be touring again with the band. Is that right? Sometime in March? Well, I, no, I, I March will still be shooting the show, but okay. we, you know, we, we actually just wrote two new songs. So, you know, we have to record them properly in the studio with our producer. And then the plan is to release an EP this year, okay. uh, probably a five song EP. Um, and then, man, if God willing, if there is some time this summer in between seasons, hopefully in between seasons, um, I would love to go on the road and play and play live because, you know, everybody tells me they're like, you think you love acting wait till you get on a stage and perform music um i think that's going to change my my world to be honest um <laughs> i hope i don't fall in love with it too much and you know and decide to sort of take a break from acting but i, I definitely want to try to balance both as much as possible and you know there's been actors that have been able to do it you know i think one of the biggest inspirations for me is donald glover you know the way he's able to go back and forth between acting and music. Um, I think he's just a beautiful, perfect example of someone that could do both. Um, and, you know, Childish Gambino is one of my favorite artists. And mm. then him as an actor, Atlanta is one of my favorite shows. So the fact that he can do both has always been an inspiration for me. And, um, you know, I hope to follow his footsteps. And uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're gonna try to play live as soon as we can and, um, I know the fans are just dying for more music and trust me, we have so much more coming and um, it's going to be a really extraordinary year and it's only started, which is so crazy to think. That's awesome. Uh, Rodan, lastly, how can the listeners and the viewers find you on social media, keep up with you with the show, with the band, everything? Yeah, I'm very much active on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I actually quite enjoy it and, and love connecting with the fans and it's just at Ronan Rubenstein um and you know uh, on twitter i'm very much a spoiler king and on uh, <laughs> on 
on Instagram, you know, I'm very much, uh, you could just get a really great glimpse into my life. And um, I, I love sharing it with, with the fans and, and connecting with the fans. And um, yeah, thanks for having me. That's awesome, Rona. Thank you for coming on today. This is great. Thank you so much, man. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time.